But one question. Go on. Go on. Sometimes when you are doing shooting, the majority of the time, who do you have in goal? <laughs> it's got to be clipped, isn't it? Oh my lord. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What's what that to the party? Love that. But the moment's gone when you want to bollock someone. You're playing for a 90,000 at yeah. Wembley. Well, I can't get my head around here, mate. How do you not have a transfer market? <sighs> mate. I've played against Yaya Torre, Eden Hazard, oh. Cesc Fab. Oh, mate. Come on, mate. What do you want me to do here? Yeah. Yes, guys, this podcast does contain some strong language in parts. The idea here is to make our guests feel as comfortable as possible. This is one of my favorite podcasts to date. If you can rate our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, it would be much appreciated. And if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's completely free. This episode is sponsored by Skills Australia, the best sporting equipment on the market and the Jonah Football app. Enjoy this podcast, guys. It's a belter. Yes, guys, what's happening? Welcome back to the Jonah Football Podcast. I think it's episode 11. I'm just going to go with that one. I'm here with the legend, Shano, and we've got an unbelievable guest today. Before I say who it is, though, are you ready for this, by the way? Because this is some intro. <laughs> Let's go. Right. You ready, Shano? Let's get him on. Today's guest is an absolute cracker, and I've been buzzing about this podcast since we locked him in. Our guest today has played at the very highest level for the likes of Burnley, Southampton, West Brom and is a QPR legend. He scored the winner on his Premier League debut against Manchester United at Old Toilet and can say on a night out with the lads that he's won a Premier League Player of the Month. He has played with and against the very best players the game has to offer and some incredible managers like of the likes of Eddie Howe, Sean Dyche, Neil Warnock, I think, but we need to check that with you, and Harry Redknapp, to name a few. He is currently still bowling in the A-League here in Australia for Brisbane Raw. From only knowing Charlie for a short period of time, he's as genuine as they come and very passionate about the beautiful game. Proper buzzing for this one. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie Austin. Thank you, mate. Thank what, you for what? having me on. What an intro, that was. That was. Draw, mate, that. Yeah, mate, that was top draw. I, didn't, I thought I was having This Is Your Life, then. <laughs> Oi, I'm not going to lie, a couple of wikis in there, Wikipedias. Oh, do, yeah, did you, no pl- worries, mate. Did you play under Warnock? Because we were, we were, yeah, back- only, only briefly, only for like three games. He took over, like, in a period between um, Chris Ramsey and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank on my last like six months there at QPR. He was good, you know, but I, whoever I've spoken to that's played under him, it was brilliant. Oh, yeah. He was good for me, mate. Hey, get on this, right? Let me tell you what I'm knocker. So I never went on the lads' Christmas do yet, but my missus' birthday started December. So I was like, ah, fuck <laughs> it, come on. So we played Reading on the Thursday night, yeah? I said to him, a week leading up, I said, Gaffer, listen, I'm going to go. I want to take the missus to New York. So we play Thursday. I want to fly Friday morning. I'll be back the night flight Sunday, land Monday morning. He's like, yeah, Chaz, no problem. Like, carry on. So anyway, leading up to the Reading game, there's talks... New manager's coming in, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. I was like, well, I hope he don't come in soon. I'm off to New York, mate. Anyway, pre, <laughs> yeah, pre-match comes. He goes to me, Chaz, listen, turn your phone off after the game. I'm not getting the job, but giving it to Hasselbank. I was like, you're fucking joking. He said, no, but if anyone asks, I'll give you the time to go to like New York with a missus. Like, All right, fine. Anyway, play the game, win 1-0. Les Ferdinand comes in and says, right, tomorrow, lads, I know you're going on the Christmas do and you're flying at like 11 o'clock. But I need everybody in for eight thirty to uh, to meet the new manager. There I was putting the there I was putting the hand up. Les can have a word. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
I went to New York three days, and the worst thing was when I was meant to fly back, there's a problem with the plane, so I was delayed. Didn't get back to Monday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What, what a start to the party. Love that. What about that start, Shad? What about the story there? Oh, yeah, I'm all about these stories, Charlie. Keep them coming if you've got any off the top of your head. <laughs> How are you how you settling into Australia, mate? Um, how are you finding um, it? I know I briefly talked to you at Ultra Football, yeah. but how, how, how are you settling in? Better now. Better now the kids have gone to school because like it's a lot, they, had, they had three months off. Do you wow. know what I mean? That's a long time. Like, break up over back home in July, don't they? Then, because they didn't come over till mid-August, because getting everything sorted, they couldn't start the school until October. So they was off. But it was probably good because so they could get to see everything where we live and all that time to settle in for them. Mm. But we're still a long time off school. For yeah, like, yeah. So now we're back to getting in the routine, them going. Feel a lot more relaxed now, a lot of weight off off the wife's shoulders. So it's okay. And now the season started as well. So now that's started, it's, it kind of takes care of itself. Yeah, I love that. And it, obviously you're in, you're in Brisbane Gold Coast. So how are you finding that? Mate, I drive a golf buggy every day. <laughs> Good <laughs> like, life, that, isn't it? Could like, be worse. Yeah, Could like, be worse. Like, listen, I met Mooney in the summer and he just told me about this, like the way Brisbane was. And I didn't know anything. I knew about the A-League a little bit, started seeing it on BT. Like, you know, you get back home, don't you? On a Saturday morning and stuff. I just put it on just to watch the game of footy. And um, anyway, I just, in the summer, I was like, oh, I guess I might have a crack at it. Next week, all ball rolling. I met the gaffer, and he told me about coming over here, the weather, like this, that, and the other. I didn't know what was going on with the football club. I'm not really interested. I'm here to to play football, score goals, and, and help the team. I have the off the field stuff. That's nothing to do with me. That's one of my things. I just control what I can control. The yeah. rest has got nothing to do with me. Anyway, I come over with a missus for two weeks. She found this house and in this like place where to live. And all these people are driving around in golf buggies. I was like. I was like, where's the golf course in? Like, whole seven can't be going here. Couple of bad shots. Couple of bad shots. They was like, no, no, no. Everyone just drives the golf buggy around, like, in this bit. You can drive it up to this radius. I was like, we're living there. We're living there. She went home. We got the gaff, and I went and got bought a golf buggy, mate. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my God. Hey, you love your golf, don't you, Charlie? Yeah, playoff term, mate. Just, you you know, I just find it's a get away from football, mate. And you can put the... As mental as it sounds, it's like anything. Same you chaps, yeah? For four hours, you talk absolute shite to your mate. If the golf's good, it's even better, right? But you just talk, you put the world to rights. And I like just being able to put the phone away in the bag and not really worry about what's going on behind the scenes. I always say to myself, this is how I'm playing. If anything, any emergency, just call the golf club. I like my phone will be, my phone will be in the bag. Oh, Shane, if any of the lads are listening to this, I'm, I'm going to get hammered here, aren't I? We're, we're proper avid golfers, uh, Shane and I, and we're, we're in the golf chat. All our best mates are like big, big golfers. Like I, I, I say this and people look at me stupid, but I prefer golf over football. Like I absolutely love mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, n- I noticed you went on Tubes and Ange, um YouTube on, on, on that. I, I was like, no way. Yeah, man, I've done that. That was at, where was that? Southampton. I got, so I know Tubes from doing Soccer AM back home and stuff. Uh, and they just said, listen, I'm just doing, a, I'm doing um, like the YouTube channel, all of those kind of stuff. We'll just come over to the golf club and play a few holes and I'll just have a chat. I was like, all right, fine. It's good fun, mate. Listen, golf is just, I don't know, it's, it's a getaway. It's a release, I find. But 100%. if someone offered me to be 
a footballer or be a golfer, but the golfer has to be a top 10, top 20. Like, I don't want to be 150th in the world. Yeah. Like, I want to be in the top, I want to be top 10, top 20, going for the majors. So then I think I'd, I think I'd roll the dice, mate, and have a good, good go at the golf instead. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is hard to, to earn money and make a career, but the live golf's gone crazy. You can play shit mate, in that and earn money. I mean, they're having it off. And like the, the fellow, the Garcia, the young Spaniard, just 22, won 4 million at the weekend. And I mean, it's, it's ridiculous for it. Pat Perez is not finished in the top 10. He's picking up all sorts of oh, no. mate. So, That's what in he's the saying. team golf. He's shot like 28 over in his round since he's been there. And he's he's won like, whatever, 3 million or something. I'm like, what? Right, that's, that's what I mean. You can see why the older boys have gone. Like the boys yeah. that have had a good go on the PGA and they've just gone, we're just going. But I would just, just be honest and go, do you know what? We've just gone for the dough. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone for the dough, mate. That's it. Oi, I, I want to talk to you about that actually, Charlie. And it's one thing that I really admire about you. And it is the way you do your interviews, like, it's very authentic, like it's coming from you and, and you mean it. Like sometimes you see these footballers, they do interviews and they're like robots, bruv. It's like it's like mm. talking to a wall. They're all saying the same thing. They're all like controlled by their agents and stuff. Mm. And that's why I, I loved your interview on the weekend because it's just, it's just a real interview, you know? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Some people like it. Some people hate it. Some people, it's like anything. Some people think, oh yeah, he's a bell. And some people think, oh yeah, he's, he's okay. Like, so for me, I've never been shied away from anything if something's to be said then I'll I have no issue of saying it but it has to have it has to have like meaning and a point behind it after the game on Saturday I meant what I said I felt like we battered them we did batter them without winning and I and I think the forget last year and the years before anything's happened with Brisbane like people looking at that game go do you know what they're not a bad side you know they're one of their if we score first against them we'll score four or five again against them I felt that was the way the game was going but that was just my, you can get caught in the moment, of course. When I've done the, the famous VAR thing, like I just got caught in the moment. That was just one of them things, just <laughs> like snowballed. But I just think that when, especially over here now, you get interviewed at half time as well. I'd noticed Jay getting interviewed at half time and the lads on Friday at Sydney. I thought that was a little bit strange. But especially after the game straight away when they speak, the emotions are running high. Now, I think sometimes if we've, if we get beat throughout the season, they want to stick a mic in my face. It might be even more fun. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that actually because when I watch the A League and I see those halftime interviews, I'm scratching my head thinking, mm. I want to, I want to get in, mate. Speak to the lads or the gaffer, or especially yeah, if you lose. But, but mate, even like this, getting like your head around the first one. So we finish the game, and then everyone kind of congreg- congregates to the middle of the pitch. Then you go and kind of like sign stuff for the fans in the balls and give like footballs to the fans to thank them for coming. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've just just been beat three 0 and you have to almost do that, or like three quarters of the team do that, you go off. But like the moment's gone when you want to bollock someone or get after the team. But like the yeah. moment's gone, like the dust has settled. It's like half an hour. You've got like a bit of cooling down period. Or I'm not sure how that's gonna. For me, listen, I don't mind doing all this stuff, signing the stuff. That that's absolutely fine. But if we get beat, listen, that's the last place I want to be is walking around around the pitch. I think yeah. maybe that's that must just be a. I don't know, a European thing. I'm not sure, English thing. I don't know. But for me, it's not... I'm not sure I'll be hanging around. I know many people will be thinking they don't want to hear this, but I'm not sure I'll be hanging about after the games we got beat on the pitch, especially. Yeah, love that. I, I think um, with me, because I've been in Australia for 10 years, Charlie, I, I'm always... Because I live here now, my family's here, yeah. and I've got a business here that's striving. Um, 
I'm always very careful about what I say about the A-League. But I, I just yeah. want to say this, that I really want it to change and I really want it to get better mm. in this country. And having mm. players like yourself, characters, like like a big character, and, and obviously Nanny, and, and, and it, it's going to be great for the league. And that's why I really like you, because you'll just say what's on your mind, just little things Yeah, like but that, you know? that's what I want. That's what I've kind of... Listen, first and foremost, I've come over here to play football, win games of football, score plenty of goals, yeah? The marquee signing stuff's obviously new and all that because you don't have it, obviously. But if they want me to grow the game over here and grow the league, I have no issues of being the front of that, forefront of that, no issues at all. I generally don't. However, the A-League and Australian football in a whole have a window, a shop window for nine months, right? The Socceroos are playing the World Cup, Men's World Cup, and the women are holding the Women's World Cup next year. Now, we know how big the women's game is getting back back home in in the UK yeah, and how massive. big it already is. Like you see how much, see how many young young girls you you train and that young women and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It, it's phenomenal and how much interest there is now. If they don't seize this opportunity, the nine month window, I don't think they ever will. And it will be a shame for a country the size of Australia if they don't grab this opportunity and really run with it. They're not going to grow it as big as AFL. I, I totally understand that, but they can still push push on up the ladder and accelerate if possible. Yeah, that, that's such a good point, Shane. And is that is that are you saying like grow as in like like push it more like advertising games and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. And I know that's what I was saying. Like, I understand the AFL. It's and the rugby league here. You'll never compare it to rugby league here in Queensland. You won't in AFL. Is it in, in Melbourne, Adelaide, etc.? I get it. But I'm guaranteed, chats. When you're driving to work, when you're driving to work and you put the local radio on, they're advertising the local AFL game or the local rugby league game. Yeah. I mean, Brizzy, there's nothing going on really. Nothing's on the radio saying, oh, Brisbane Roar back in the Suncorp uh, this uh, Saturday against MacArthur. They so just wasn't. True. Like, and so I understand like they've got, a, then they've got a short window because the seasons kind of overlap and or one finishes and it goes again. But they've really got to boost it somehow. Whether it's getting a school, I drive around here and you see how many kids, boys, girls, that play, you you see it yourself, how many people come on your camps, how many people you're just doing individual courses with, how much in the junior game it's so big. And then there seems to be like a, a gap that yeah. can't accelerate into the next bit. I understand the 12 teams. There's no issues. It's a unique opportunity. But it's hard work to be a professional footballer. Like, mm. it's hard work, but you've got to try and bridge that gap. And they've got a unique opportunity to make this game grow over here. The biggest countries out there. Yeah. yeah, I know. Oh man, Massive. that that it's, is, it's got, is just so spot Australia's on. Australia's got everything in place for that. Like, do you know, like to, to yeah. it could be massive over here, but again, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it probably just needs that little bit of a push. I think, I think um, it's the right time now. My knowledge on it, Charlie, is um, I know this is a big, big issue. It's just the funding and the money that gets pumped into it. So you talked about the radio there. I, I, it's the same. I get frustrated. I'm like, there's not one talk about the Australian national team or or, or mm. the A League fixtures coming up, and I think it all boils down to money. You know, where's where's the money going for the advertising yeah. and stuff like that? But there's got to be, and and you're probably right, mate. But there's got to be something. Yeah, got I, to, I understand the clubs have to generate their own stuff, and rightly so. So you've got to advertise your own product, but then the A League have got to advertise their own product. And they've got. Yeah. They, I understand they've only got twelve teams, but they're going to have to advertise them to the best of their ability. They really are. Yeah, look. for sure. Um, uh, just one more. Like again, as Lee said, like I kind of, 
obviously we work in this in this country so you gotta be kind of super careful what you say but one thing since i've ever came to australia i find as a football fan like the games in the a league the the, the teams the get for me the experience when you go to the games i feel like just the stadiums are just probably sometimes sometimes the stadiums are just too big to hold correct do you know what i mean like if you're having a a 60,000 seater stadium with say seven, 8,000 fans, you don't generate anything. And again, as a, like growing up, like on the other side of the world, it's all about atmosphere and it's about, you know? Shane, I couldn't agree anymore with you. Like we play at Suncorp and listen, I think it's 40,000. It's an amazing stadium. And I've played in stadiums, St. James's Park, Stamford Bridge, Old Trafford, Wembley. I play Wembley 86,000, mate. It's full, full, and the atmosphere is incredible. You're at Suncorp because you're on the pitch, you're concentrating so much. You understand, so you don't, this yeah. kind of background noise. But that don't mean you're not looking around and you can see empty seats. Mm-hmm. So, again, I assume it just comes down to funding and you just make 10,000 seat stadiums, you'd have better atmospheres. Don't get me wrong, the, the big teams down in Melbourne and Sydney have just got that amazing stadium that they're going to play out of from now. However, they, they, they need to be filled to make it more, I don't know, that make the advertising look better. So when yeah, you're on the TV yeah. watching, you're like, do you know what? That looks great atmosphere there. Not yeah. You're not just seeing a group of 50 people and then 150 empty seats and mm-hmm. then another 50, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's, there's small margins, but over here, they definitely have the, the opportunity to make, to grow the game so much. But I guess it all comes down to the funding. Just, yeah, just on that though, I know I want to talk to you about your game against Sydney United in the FFA Cup because I spoke to you briefly about it in Melbourne. Yeah. But Shane, going back to that atmosphere, I played in the uh, one below the A-League, the NPL one over there, um, Charlie. And mate, those small grounds like Sydney United create such a good atmosphere. Like it was, and and I remember like you guys being a little bit under the pump there at Sydney United. I've played at that ground. The fans are like so passionate and crazy. Hey. But it, it's good to watch, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah. This shot I means so that that game was like um so obviously the FFA Cup for me was all new. Of course, everything over here is all new, but it was a, it was an experience. And we'd been to Heidelberg and it was a wet night in Melbourne. It wasn't great, it was dark, it was good like gloomy. It was out, it was about two or three degrees, you know, it wasn't great. For me, it was I was a typical night back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played Avondale, it was lashing down with rain, no one there again. But it was it was fine. I went to Sydney, Astro Pitch, two in the afternoon, roasting hot. The Croatian fans there, what what went on? The atmosphere was was mad, but it was as a player. For me, I can I can deal with it. And we only had like there was only a few thousand, and you take that on the shoulders. But it makes you want to play better. It makes you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I like being the pantomime villain, so I don't mind giving it to them. <laughs> but you want, but you want to play in front of them, kind of them, kind of more people, of course, but. If, it's, if that's all it is in that small stadium and you're going to get 10,000 in there and it's going to be a great atmosphere and a cracking evening, like a cracking afternoon, night game, whatever it is, then do that. Don't do the big stadiums if you can't fill them and the atmosphere just dies away. Yeah, all respect, listen, I, I watched Wellington the other night and you just look around and the, the pitch is, ma- the stadium's massive. No one's there. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, that Sydney United game sticks on my head because, had a real big buzz about it. But one thing stuck in my head that I wanted to talk to you about, Charlie, when I met you in Melbourne, obviously after I battered you in two-touch. You know what I mean? Yeah, you did, yeah. You did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was good crack, that. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. How much of a legend is Billy Wingrove, though? Such a down to Yeah, he's a good guy, guy, mate. You're really nice guy. I've, 
Jupiter I've met him a couple well. of times. Yeah, man, I've met him a couple of times because he's good friends with Ryan Bertrand. So they used to come in and do a bit with him at Southampton. Oh, and yeah. um, so I knew him only briefly. But yeah, what a guy, mate. And like, listen, they've, they've cracked it, mate. And they, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smashed it. Billy's, <laughs> Billy's absolutely. He, was, he didn't get a minute, mate, the whole time he was here. He's just literally gone back. Yeah, was, he's back in he's back in January. I don't. Yeah, I, I think he's back over in January. I'm going he? to be coaching his son. I think his son's properly oh, yeah, into, class, into football. Mate. So he's um, going to play. Yeah, I think he, he yeah. he's proper getting into it. Like so, but obviously a bit of pressure with him being Billy's son. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah. Um. But yeah, now nah, I I had a day book with Billy, and the one day we were going to do some stuff, it absolutely pissed down in Sydney like yeah. real bad. I was like, you just yeah. can't write it. But no. I remember when I spoke to you in Melbourne. And we were talking about Sydney United game and you said something that was really interesting, which is something that I want to see in this country for the last, since I've been here, which is a That's second right. second professional tier. Yeah, so no you, yeah, you were saying that <laughs> although Sydney United beat you, you mm. were saying that you think the, the gap is too big. <laughs> I didn't. And I said that to you. And I, when I said it to you, my next response was, however, them beating us doesn't look great. Yeah. My when I spoke to Nuni on the same day, I said use a batter them on a grass pitch. So I have no issues. Okay, they're, they're, so say we trial it. Say right, we're gonna think about it in five years. We're gonna do it. However, when we play the FFA Cup, they must travel to A League teams at home. Whatever the draw is, they go there. Let me tell you, mate. Sydney United for uh, whatever it is, they played Western on Western's pitch out. He touched yeah. the ball, mate. He didn't even have a corner against MacArthur. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need to understand, like, the NPL, it is great. The competition is great for them because it's, it's for the A-League, the, the back end. I understand that. But it generates an income for them and the media attention as such. We need to remember that it's all for them. Everything's for them. Mm, always yeah. at home. They always play at home. So maybe in time it might happen. But at the moment, mate, I don't see the gap. Only I've only been here couple of months who am I to say that but I just think the gap's too big mate only, I'm only going off what we've played here also don't forget we've played some NPL teams in, in Queensland and they're shite <laughs> to be honest mate I want to I want to back that up because it's a big big topic at the minute and it's something in Australia that everyone wants to see which is a second tier promotion relegation is a big one that I've been saying yeah. like what happens to them teams in the A-League that are not fighting for top six anymore and They've got nothing to play for because there's no Agreed. relegation. And you know, in your career, relegation yeah. battles in 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 where you mate, grew let up. Let me tell you, fifty percent, mate. Chop that top line is fifty percent chop, mate. In the following season, <laughs> yeah. but not only that, but but I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I, I totally do. Listen, you there's there's things that happen. You get relegated back home. Okay, your personal money, whatever your agent or yourself have agreed. Regardless of that. Yeah, 50, 50 staff, mate, at the club lose their jobs. So forget the football player at the time. You remember the pe people at the staff, mate. The staff at the football club's ticket office, they're losing their jobs. There's got to be, if you aren't, so in that kind of bit, all right, I'm here going back on myself a little bit. I also agree that you do need relegation and a promotion, but I just think the second bit is the gap's too big for yeah. that to happen at the, mo at the moment. Because there's got to be, if you're, if you're having one, if you're not making the top six with, with, I don't know, six, seven, eight games to go, it don't. It looks like it's a, you're a long way getting there. Then there's got to be like repercussions. Yeah, 
that's what's been missing, in my opinion, in the A-League for years. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Going back on what you said, though, I went on, I met Shane, right? I've known Shane in my life. He's been in my life flipping too long now, Shane. But I met Shane on trial at Central Coast Mariners. When we, yeah, yeah. So Shane's played at Sheffield United. I was at Wrexham, who flipping yeah. up, up the mighty Wrexham. They're flying now. Oh, right? hey, mate, flying, mate. Um, maybe go, maybe go and sign for them, brother. Cabbage. No, <laughs> uh, mate, they're having it off. That's too far from my ass. Yeah, yeah. but um, no, like when when I thought I was fit and Shane as well, when I went and trialed at the Central Coast, I was miles off it, mate. Like miles off it, and I even then, even which I thought, ah. Oh, I'm not going to be too out, out of shape here. I was, mate. And then it made me realise it was quite a big jump. I don't know if it was for you, Shane, but I, I felt like I was miles off it with my fitness when I went to an A-League club. Yeah, no, no, 100%. Like, I'm I'm back on what Charlie's saying there. I do think the gap is too big. But to go back on, like, what we talked about earlier and talked about, like, the product of an A-League, like, it might be too big, the gap, but, like, you've gone and playing, say, Sydney United twice a season or gone and playing someone twice a season. Mm-hmm. All right, like, whatever. But at least it generates, I don't know, something a little bit different than the same. For me, yeah. I'll be honest with you, I've looked at A-League as it's just a fishbowl. Like, so, for me, it, the players that are in that fishbowl and they just go around the clubs. And it's, know. It's, it's some, Listen, do you know what I mean? I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. What I can't get my head around here, mate, how do you not? Have a transfer market. How do you not? <laughs> how do you not? So basically, lads sign two or three years deals. They could, they might not kick the ball, make one first team appearance, never play. Don't have to lift the finger, still get their dough. Yeah, no. you can't just be you can't be fucked off out of it. Or what is the thing? Let's just say for argument's sake, let's go team someone from Brisbane or someone from Perth have a phenomenal year, right? Midfielder, defender, or, or attacker, whatever. They do great this year, and Melbourne City want want them. They can't have them because they've got two years left on the contract. But if they go and pay 500 grand for them, surely that's helping helping Brisbane, helping helping yeah. Perth, whatever it is, generate something. How? Where is the fucking, where is the goal? There's no reason <laughs> for anyone to go and score 20 goals. All right, they might get something overseas. I totally understand that. And that is the bigger picture. But then that's a total different kettle of fish to fucking scale this from here to, to back home. Yeah. But you just, players just bounce around the A-League for free when it, for no... I don't know. Sometimes I think about it and I think, did they do, did they do this right or not? But how <laughs> to have no to have no transfer market, let alone if you're not in the transfer market, you've got to have a draft of some sort. Just copy the American model if that's the case. Yeah, 100%. Not, not a bad show there. So, need, this is why we need Charlie Austin. But, 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 guys, but, you know what but like, it's like, I, I just find, like, we obviously work with young players a lot and uh, there's no way, there's no way in. Of, it's it's hard for players. That's to what I'm saying. Where, yeah. because how the do they get like, Because that's what yeah. I was going to ask you. Like, like, but there's oh. pe- there, you could have there's players that have 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 had bad season three, four seasons in a row, but they're still in the league because oh they've been there and I'll pick them up. And it's just like, you know, there's no re- repercussions for being for being. That's what I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask you too. So, this you do the coaching. Man or women don't matter. Don't matter. And you think both of you, one of you do the session, yeah, you're not together. One of you did to get on the phone and say, Oh my god, I've just had this this young, young boy, young girl, she's got it all. Where's your like? Is there a path to get them in or not? This is what I want to talk to you about. And people are going to be like, Oh my god, Lee and Shane, like a broken record, because we've talked about this so many times, Charlie, right? 
the I'm only asking because yeah, I don't yeah. know. No, it's, I mean? a, it's, a, it's an unbelievable question, mate. It's like, this is what happens, right? They train, they train, they train, and they get to 15 and 16, and it's like they come to a red light. It's like they have nowhere to go. And if they don't get into your Sydney FCs, your Western Sydney Wanderers, or the clubs in Sydney, or any of the A-League clubs, it's like, bang, dead. We see it. On a regular basis, they're like, Lee, what can I do now? We try and help them, help them, and then bang, they just quit. Now, if you're looking at someone like Jamie Vardy, right, mm. that maybe, and we we looked at your wiki before about uh, getting getting released from a few clubs, mm. and then but then you go to a different club and you graft and you work better and you do well, and then bang, you get to the level a little bit further down the line. That just doesn't happen here. Like the kids, there's, they, they get released from one club, and then it's like, Shit, got nowhere to go now, um, and I and I kind of feel so sorry for them because, you know, I've got loads of my mates that I played with that didn't quite get to that level, dropped yeah. that, dropped down a couple of levels, and then eventually got there. Yeah. So it's like that's what that's what it's like here, and it just gets a little bit frustrating. There's no clear pathway for them if they're not or in these A League clubs, you know. Yeah, no, of course. I, that's tough, isn't it? That's that's very tough. hard, mate. <laughs> That's tough. Like, let me tell you, this got fucking life just buried up, buried your fucking. What's it like? Is it like the country? Like, Australia is massive, and there's 12 professional football teams in it. So, like, Mate, Brisbane, like Queensland, how big that is? One. Yeah, I know. I don't say we need four or five, but. <laughs> yeah. Like you, hopefully, you go back. Hopefully home, you go change. back home and say how many? Like how many professional football teams are in London? Like sixty, but I don't know. Be mad, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know the numbers, Shane, but it'd be ridiculous, mate. It'd be ridiculous. I think really as well, would. though. Like me and Shane have talked about this. I think we've just got to stop comparing the A League to like the Premier League and stuff. No, you can't do it. No, no, no. no. Well, just, let me stop you there. No, 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 no. Let me stop you there. <laughs> let me stop you there, mate. That is something you have to stop doing. That is something that you cannot do. The better players from here. Go to Scotland. You don't compare the Premier League to the SPL. So why are you comparing the A, A-, A- League to the Premier League? Hundred percent. Spot on. It, it... Apples that's and just my opinion. That's my opinion, mate. <laughs> Straight to the point. Oi, last little question on the A League. I'm going to move on because I want to talk about yeah. your career, man. You've had some career, but the last question I want to ask you. I asked Lafondra the same question. Are you good mates with Lafondra or played against him? Or... No, I played against him when we were yeah, yeah. at Reading and stuff like that. Yeah, he's been on the poddy. Um, I asked him if you were to compare the A League in European, where would you put it? I don't know. It's a hard question. Yeah. Um, it, to, be fair, to be fair, now, in your defence, you've only had a small sample. You've played, what, one game? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a difficult question. I don't think you compare it to England. At all. None of the levels. It's different. Right. Forget the question, mate. The A, the a League football... And the Australian way to play football is very, very, very different to English football. They want to pass it sideways and back and keep the ball. That's fine. Instead of sometimes, there's no nothing wrong with going in behind, whacking it up there. You can't score from up there, can you? I said a different <laughs> football. Middle Championship League one, I don't know. I don't really know where I see it. Ask me that at the end of the season, I'll give you an answer. Yeah, I don't I know. love that. I love that. Yeah, that's fair. 
Charlie, let's have a little chat about your career then. Uh, like, how did it all? How did it all start for you? And when did you really think? Because this is more for our young. Because we get a lot of young players that listen as well. Obviously, when yeah. did you start to think? You know what? I can I can play a bit. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go right to the top here. Like because you've played in the best, in my opinion, the best league. All right, right, right. I'll break it. I'll break it for you. So break it for the younger ones, so it'd be easier. The second part of that question will come later on. I was eight playing in the school in a school team, and I was just better. When you're younger, you just think about goals, goals, don't you? Technique, and I was just goals, goals. Love watching Shearer when I was growing up. So just goals, goals, goals. I played for my local team, Hungerford. I think one of them. I used to score like six or seven every time I used to play, and I got scouted by Reading at the time when I was nine, which is fine. I went and played, trained twice a week with them, and played games on a Sunday. So playing like Arsenal, West Ham, Chelsea, or teams like that. Problem was, I wasn't able to play with the school. My teammates, uh, my school friends, sorry, on a Sunday because he was playing for the academy. So that was fine. Two or three, three years went through and I was learning and I was picking up obviously different things. But I was playing the school games. It was pretty much similar. And then I got to 13, right? And this would be like for the smaller girls and boys listening now and stuff. I never grew, mate. I never grew. So I was only like a scrawny little boy playing football and the goals, as you got to that bit, the, the goals really weren't enough because then you needed, the striker needed to learn the hold-up play and the link play as such. When you're like eight or nine, you don't need that, do you? You know, when you're like getting 30, you're like learning the game a bit more. We're playing like teams from West Ham, boys around London, massive six foot yeah. already, like 13 foot. I just didn't enjoy it, mate. Didn't enjoy it. 14, uh, did, I went through the 14s, just kind of limped through a little bit. I had a year left on my deal. I just said to my dad one day, dad, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go. I don't want to make. I don't want to make you and Mum drive me to Reading twice a week and then go around the country play games on a Sunday. I, I just felt a million, million miles. I just felt like a million miles off it. And I just we went in. And he said, "Are you sure?" My dad was like, "Are you sure?" I said, "Yeah, but I just don't. I don't feel like." He said, "Okay, no, no problem." So we just went in, agreed to leave, and I just went and played for my local team for the next eighteen months, and I loved it, mate. Not because I was the best player or the top person. I fell out, not fell out of love of it. The enjoyment wasn't there. The spark in the candle wasn't there for me. Like it didn't get my juices flowing. And as soon as I went back playing, I did. I found the love of it. I was very fortunate. My last year at school, year 11, 15, my, my uncle ran a men's team, dog and duck men's team, right? But he just said, just come and play. Just come and play and just see how it goes. So I just played men's football from 15. I was getting booted back home when I was 15. Took about four or five games. No one really wanted to tackle me. Then all of a sudden, I was just getting pelters. <laughs> and kind of went went on from... Yeah, and then just went on from there. Played like uh, Hellenic League, which is down the south, for three years and stuff like that. My parents moved to Bournemouth. And I was 18 at the time. And I come from a small town like Hungerford. And I was like... Do I really want to go? Like working for my old chap anyway, building, but I can drive from Bournemouth, but it's easier from where I am. And I was just like, ah, right, I'm just going to go. But the worst thing that I moved back and lived with my nanny and granddad. Anyway, I went, mate, and the manager that was at put me in contact with Paul Town. And I just went and played for them and just took off, mate. Just took off. Something yeah. just clicked. I just, I think it was because I didn't know anyone. Now I need to be taken out of my comfort zone. Because where I lived, everyone knew me and knew I could play in the local areas. Like, I need to be taking them out of my comfort areas. And you have to prove yourself all over again. Mate, I just took off, ended Ford, up scoring. Four DA goals. 
was it? Uh, four, 46. It was 46 and 46. But I was on for a bullseye and the manager had to give me an hefty bonus and we beat a side bottom of the league 10-0 and I was an unused sub. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, that was it. Like, it just went from there. And then I went to Bournemouth um, off the back of that. So like, I went on holiday with my mate come back two days later we played Bournemouth in a pre-season friendly and I batted Jason Pierce, their centre-half peeled oh, off yeah. the back of him and scored a header and the next day I got a phone call from the man saying Eddie Howe wants you to come in on, on trial wow so I did six weeks within the pre-season and they couldn't sign me because of the transfer bar and this is where it goes back I was like I'm back to square one right it don't matter I can earn decent dough in, in like the non-league but at the time, I didn't really think I was picking up a one. I planned for Paul Town, but I thought I'm going to pick up four or five hundred quid there playing non-league. Swindon was on, and I kind of went there. And when you boys, it's funny when you boys say like you was on trial at Central Coast, and you felt like the fitness kind of thing. Where I had the six weeks at, and I always say this, I always tell her where I had the six weeks at Bournemouth, and went into Swindon off the back of a professional pre-season. That's why I could hit the ground running when I went in there. Wow. Gave you the gave you the springboard. Like, I just want to go there. back. Yeah. I just want to go back to something that you said. You said you were fifteen playing mm. men's football, getting booted about. Right? Yeah. We get loads of kids over here that are trying to get to MPL one, which is one below the A league, yeah. and they're like seventeen, eighteen. And we, myself and Shane, are like, you need to be playing men's football. Drop down into dog and duck if it, if it means you have to. And get yeah. and play against men. Like physicality yeah. is different, and you'll learn way faster than playing under 18s or 20s. Yeah, mate. No, I couldn't agree anymore. And anyone listening, I definitely, I definitely, I was 15, like year 11, playing um, on a Sunday with my local team, and on a Saturday playing men's football. It was bang average, but it was steady standard. You know what I mean? From my, I was 15, so I was learning the game. I left school, and I didn't really want to play youth team. I was then I was then playing men's football on a on a Saturday afternoon, and then I was playing the pub league on a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. But just but, but that's what I was learning, and and I do look through my career, and, and that helped me like just learning the, the small dark arts, I, I guess, and being able to look after myself. I had to learn. It was like the sink or swim mate of 15, 16. I was shy away from this and not play for like play football with men for like two years, or just just get on with it. And lucky enough, I just got on with it. And no. and to go back though, did you start to grow? Like, did you did you fill out? Yeah, when stuff, I got to or... about seven, when I got to seventeen, I started to grow. I worked as a odd carrier for my dad, so I was lifting the building materials every day. So that kind of helped. And then I filled out a bit more, mate. Yeah, I was honestly, it's mental. I remember yeah. I um mate, I turned up to Swindon on <laughs> I turned up to Swindon on trial, right? And I voxel Corsa. We back oh, light was classic. all smashed. Oh, mate, we was all smashed. So I'm bursting to the lamppost. <laughs> and because I couldn't afford to get the wire fixed at the bottom, it was all just dangling about. They must have thought, who is this <laughs> boy turning up here, mate? Honestly. But I do, yeah, I do think, I do look back and I think that was a, the, before I obviously went to Port Town, playing men's football early was so important for me. Uh, I, oh, some classic stories. So, were you a youth player at Reading? No, yeah. uh, through the academy, yeah, from like nine to fifteen. Nine to from the 15. under nines to the under fifteens, yeah. Yeah, right. but really under fourteens. I think I was only there maybe a month, six weeks yeah, in the under fifteens right. bit. And that but was Swindon is where it started happening for you, big time. Quick, yeah. Like I went there. Like I say, the preseason helped me at Bournemouth. Then I went into the Swindon one, 
and I, I played a, a trial game against Swansea and scored in that. Signed like the following week. I was with, so I've been with my, my missus, my wife for, for for years, and we was together there. I remember being at her house, and he, Danny Wilson rang me and was like, "Hey, Charlie, I just like to ring you and and just let you know that we're we're going to offer you a, a deal." Um, so it's, you speak to your dad and your family and, and let us know and come and sign it. I was like, oh, okay. I was, that. I was looking at her like, hey, what is going on here? Signed, signed a nine-month signed a nine month deal. I signed a nine-month deal, mate. I was on 300 quid a week, yeah? 500 appearance for nine months. That was my deal, yeah? Just a nine-month deal. No 18-month, none of that. Just a nine-month deal. So I had everything to gain and absolutely nothing to lose, didn't I? Let's be honest. Yeah. So wow. I've gone in there and I didn't give, I didn't care, mate. I generally did. I was, I'd ever, like I say, I had everything to gain, nothing to lose. So I didn't care. Six, I played like a couple of resi games, scored in them, made my my league debut was at Norwich away, 25,000. When they won, when they, this league won, when they had Grant Holt and Chrissy Martin, Fraser Forster played in goal for them. Yeah, that was my debut away. We lost 1-0. 25,000 there away to Norwich was phenomenal, mate. That was six weeks in. Wow. It's brilliant, and, um, Yeah, mate. And then I made my debut eight, two months in, November 3rd against... I think it was November 3rd, November 7th against Carlisle and scored after three minutes. How was that? What was that like? <sighs> mate, so, so the night before, I was room with Michael Timlin. The night before, lashed down in Carlisle. Half the pitch was flooded, mate. I was thinking, fucking hell, I'll make my debut here. I'm not even going to play. <laughs> so I was at night there. Anyway, they cleared the woke up to all fine sunshine and that to play the game. I was ner- like Simon Ferry, Scott Cuthbert, and that was giving me a bit before the game, like, don't be nervous and all this kind of stuff, like sticking it on, mate. Bit of banter. I was like, I anyway, gets out there. I just remember the ball going wide and Billy Painter was like half crossing it, like scuff cross, really. I just got in front of the man. My first touch, like with my studs, it just dropped. Whack back across him. Lenny Pidley was in goal. And that was it after three minutes. I looked up at the clock and I was like, oh my God, what is going on? Then I looked up at the clock, mate. I think it was close to half time, 17 minutes gone. I was blowing. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I come off after about 51 minutes. I think we won one nil. I took, I just took off then. I think I scored 10. I think I scored my 10 in my first 11, in the next 11 games. That's class, man. That's brilliant. I, I love stuff like that. And then Burnley, moving on to Burnley. Absolutely. Who, who signed you from? Who signed you from? Uh, who signed you? Who was the manager of Burnley when they signed you? Eddie Eddie Howe. Yeah. He tried to get me at Bournemouth. Yeah, and they went no to, way, to yeah. Burnley. What, what was yeah, Eddie yeah, Howe like? Top banana, mate. Really? He made he he helped me so much. Really. Afters, he won't do one on one with me all the time. Afters, really. Back, but like cross, like I, I I back my ability head in the ball, no issue. The movement bit, the, like I said, the instinct and all that kind of stuff. But he, he used to help me with my runs when the ball was in wider. As if he, he'd like to just put two mannequins, but offset them. So you'd have to go round the furthest one and then dart to the front post and get across the mannequin. And the ball would come in that you have to finish, whether it was with your head or whatever. You know the, you know the when the ball gets whipped in this and you ain't got a lot to do. You've just got to guide it in, whether it's with your head or whether it's the side foot. Yeah, that that, that was here. I used to work on that all the time. And then I used to just, he'd have me just doing it three times a week. Wow. And I just, for the next minute, I just found it in my game that I, they was just the, the runs I was making. That's just, mad. Just, just getting, across, How... like getting across the front, man. In... Yeah, but I, uh... go on, mate. 
I was just saying, like you're talking about heading and, and Eddie Howard's working a lot with you one-on-one. How often does that happen at the top level? Because uh, a dream job of mine is to work at a, a, a really high-level club doing one-on-one. Yeah. I've had, as any Shane, I've had a few offers lately, but it's just been a bad time because I've just yeah. had the, a newborn. But yeah. like that is my dream job, saying like pulling you aside and saying, let's go, Charlie, let's do a bit of some specific yeah. finishing drills, that, you know? It happens, mate. Like, um, all the lads want to do it. Now, the way the game's going is everything's about sports science and loading and all this kind of crap. But I understand that. But ultimately, you need to do all the stuff on the pitch, don't you? Listen, if I'm like, oh, you have too many, to kick too many balls, you run too much. Hang on a minute, I ain't scored for 10 games, mate. So I need to work on the craft, mate, on the pitch. Don't worry about me going to the gym lifting weights. I ain't work on my craft that's going to keep the wolf away from the door. Shane, <laughs> isn't this everything we talked about with uh, yeah, GPS trackers on the last podcast? We did. Yeah, listen, man. Oh. I see it, mate. I see it. I oh. had a good giggle. But I had a good giggle, oh. mate, about the GPS trackers. I do me at it. Like, just, they're, they're, okay, I understand it. But back home, like in the Prem, the Prem boys, you look at the majority, I think there's only, I think only Wolves are the only ones to wear the trackers. Now, everywhere in the stadium have the, um, but in the stadium, they have, the technology to just pick it up. Oh, really? really? Yeah, yeah. That's why you don't see any other Prem boys really wear it. You know, you can notice when lads have got them on, can't you? Because you yeah, see I wanted to ask, do you, do you wear them for your games at Brisbane or not? Yeah, I broke two of mine. <laughs> not on purpose, but like, no, yeah, no, definitely not running too much or running too fast, mate. Don't worry about that. But just, just get into a, just get into a tussle. You don't really notice it, mate, because you wear them every day in training. Yeah, you don't really notice them in the game, and it's just I, I, I suppose the way the game's evolved now, it's become part and parcel. Yeah, I wanted to speak to you about that because I posted a clip of Thierry Henry doing a podcast, right, and I, I, he hit the nail on the head about like skill in football is being devalued, That's... and I think fan. I said to Shane on the lab pod, uh, last podcast that fantasy Premier League and like. It's just, I just feel like the game is going down a bad path of like, it's just all about goals and assists. And I think you may have seen this on um, on our last podcast, but what are your thoughts on that, Charlie? Like, I feel like, I don't Would know, like used to, players like Zidane who used to run a game and his touch and the way he used to play. Like, if he was playing now and he wasn't getting goals and assists, people would think he's shit, mate. Yeah, but you even got to say Paul Scholes, mate. Play against yeah. Paul Scholes, don't get the ball, mate. You play against Lampard, play against Joe, like... You play- Mate, what people don't understand now, right? Go back. The number four role was created by Claude Makélélé because he won the ball back so much. He sat in front of the back four and allowed Balak and Lampard, the better players, to to attack, and he controlled that bit and created the spaces. And why do you have Claude Makélélé in your team in the fantasy? No, you wouldn't. But you need to part that, and you, no, but because you so wouldn't. True. But but for your team he'd be there. You would you would have him. And he created that role. I want to play in the four. Everyone says, oh, I want to play in the quarterback role now. Years ago, mate, it was our McAuley role. We played in the four. Yeah, yeah, spot on. That is spot on absolutely too. spot that, that That's about, what I'm getting worried about with football, though, Charlie. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's gone very stats, like stats based, like a lot of what you see, like even like this, like expected goals and stuff. That's like been always constantly fed, like even like like I I, I, obviously we grew up watching Sky Sports and stuff, so it's still listening and and watching it every day, pretty much. And that they always give you that stat. I don't know where it always comes up. No, it always comes up. There's a guy I used to work with on Talk Sport. I I can't think. I mean, that's it. Five Live. I'm not sure. I can't think of his name. But he really like I mentioned it to him. And he just re- reeled off, like, why it's so important. Now, I understand 
like the area, say for let's say for argument's sake, let's use Haaland because he's obviously scored 20 goals this year. And if you looked on the map of where he scored his 20 goals, they are in the width of the box. Hmm. Now, they're never like wide outside the six-yard box or outside the box as such. That's, I think, what is what they go off. But ultimately, every goal is, is the fucking same. Don't yeah, worry yeah. about expected goal. If you miss a sit, oh, he's expected to score that. Oh, he wouldn't expect it to score from there. Shut up. It's a pointless yeah, stat, mate. It, that's exactly what, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, oh, man, it's just... Yes, guys, welcome back to the Jonah Football app. Today's episode is sponsored by the Jonah Football app, the number one training app for football. The Jonah Football app has everything you can think of when it comes to playing football. Mindset training, diet plans, and programs for all levels and abilities. Coaching in your pocket. To try the Jonah Football app for free today, head to the link in our bio or go to www.jonahfootball.app. What, uh, what, what do you think of Haaland? Oh my God. Just switch it up. Yeah, I put a tweet up, didn't I, the, the other day when I woke up, I think it was just before they... I think it was the second half. It was half-time in the Copenhagen game. And he just scored two, didn't he? Before half-time. And, and I, it's instinct, mate. What he does in that 18-yard box going forward, you cannot coach. You two might be the best coaches in the world. In about the next 10 years, 15 years, like you've both gone to do your dream, whatever you want to do, yeah? But let me tell you, when it comes to top, top strikers, it is pure, pure instinct. The outside the box, he's interested to link, but watch his second movement, mate. He yeah. don't want to have what more. He don't want to have more than two touches. When it comes into it, it's control set. <clears throat> where can I score? Yeah, face nice. a maximum opportunity. Yeah, I've noticed one thing about his movement. He'll he'll check one way, play on the the shoulder of the defender, and then check the other way. And he's just got that half a yard. And then with the players he's got around him at City, it's just yeah, like, bang. They're going to find him. But right, let's be honest. I don't know if he's. I know with. I live for fans I don't like Man United. However, I love I love Ronaldo for what he is. Yeah, have you seen the stat going around yesterday? Graham Sooner said, if Haaland plays from now, if yeah, Haaland see. plays, he's thirty-eight. He has to score forty-three goals in the, in sixteen in the next sixteen years consecutively to stay to with Ronaldo. Ronaldo. If what? he doesn't score, if he doesn't score, if Ronaldo stops now, Shane don't yeah. score. Haaland has to score forty-three goals. In sixteen consecutive oh seasons, my God. That's, <laughs> that's actually scary. That's That's actually scary, you know, Charlie. No, no, no. It's, it's phenomenal. His stat for Real Madrid something like four hundred eighty games, four hundred fifty-one goals. Frightening. It's frightening, isn't it? Do you? Do you, are you Messi or Ronaldo, Charlie? It's so. No, no, no. It's not. They're two different players. For me, I love yeah. Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and do you know where is it? I think Pep said it a week ago and it wasn't about Ronaldo and it wasn't about Messi. It was on about Haaland. Haaland needs his, and I compare this to Ronaldo, Haaland needs his team. Messi don't need anyone. I think that's true. Yeah. I think that, I think that's true with Ronaldo. Ronaldo needs his team, needs his service where Messi can just turn it on. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And do it himself. So I thought that, that, that quote, me. I thought that quote was worldy. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, mate. Oi, QPR then. Rio, I want Rio Ferdinand follows us on Instagram. Did you play with Rio? Yeah, Yeah, I played with Rio, but obviously he came and he was going for a tough off the field time, wasn't he? With his, with his, and his wife passed away and stuff. 
he he like he come in. No, nobody knew what was going on, and he and he done so well. And he, when he come in, broad shoulders and stuff. You, you just listen to him talk. Really, Ferdinand, mate, played centre half for England, centre half for Man United, won Champions League, been the World Cups, been the Euros. He just he what he used to say to me was Van Persie. He used to just say, try and get three or four shots off every half. That's all Van Persie used to do. Try and shoot as much as possible. And if you don't, ask yourself question why. Make sure you put yourself in the best position possible to score goals and, and that was it really but when he come like I say he had so much go- he had so much in going on in his head away from football and I think that that kind of sidetrack rightly so made football was four or five down the ladder in comparison to his importance of of what is going on and people sometimes yeah. don't yeah. really look at that but in general I played with players there mate was, Cube, was yeah, ridiculous yeah. I went there the first time mate. I met so I signed a deal, yeah, and I failed a medical hold. I've done my knee. I've done my knee when I was four, 14. Tore my cartilage. But no, 15. I was playing. No, I said she was playing men's football. Then on the Sunday, I played. I tore my cartilage in my right knee. No. Yeah, mate. So I've got no cartilage in my right knee. No shock at all. But anyway, the fucking surgeons cut it away. So I've got like, kind of like 40%. So I've just got bone on bone just going like that, right? <laughs> I thought, and so just doing like the NHS rehab, and I was like 16. So you want to play, don't you? Just quickly get back, play at the park, play with your mates. So I've just gone with it. Now I've, I can't, my my right leg like straightens to about 90%, something like that. And uh, yeah, and it's mad. So when people see it, they're like, what? You shouldn't be able to do that. You shouldn't be doing this. You should be like, so I fell in a hole, go to QPR. I pull up the first day, go underneath the barrier. As I pull in and park, get out of my car, Joey Barton, who's a good friend of mine now, like just about to get in his car, looks at me, gets in his car, off ski. No hello, no nothing. I thought, what a fucking start. This is Berlin. <laughs> I was like, fucking what a start. Then the next day he come in and was like, mate, I'm so sorry. I didn't realise it was you. I was in a rush. I was out of a nag with the, with the old woman. And he took me out for dinner. They took me out for dinner after the Sheffield Wednesday game. And it was spot on for now. It was brilliant. We had him, we had Richard Dunn. And that geezer is the most underrated centre half for a long time, Shane. I swear, what yeah. a fella! This guy, what what's his nickname? The Honey Monster or something? The Honey, honey Monster. monster. Yeah, yeah, the Honey Monster, mate. Massive, yeah, man. he was good. But I've gone in there, so yeah, I've gone into QPR. You think all the names? I've only played at Burnley and Swindon. I've gone in there, mate. You've got Adele Terraps in there. On back to go on oh, loan to God. to Fulham. Tarps was obviously ridiculous. Luke Remy, when I turned up, I was like, Luke, you obviously stay and we get like QPR back up. Just small talk. He's like, oh, Charlie, maybe next year I'm just about to go on loan to Newcastle. I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> but then the two lads that were started on, when I signed on the Thursday, first train on the Friday, the season started on the Saturday. Andy Johnson and Bobby Zamora was, was the two centre forwards. And they players, tore it up for Fulham. And I'm thinking, what's Red Nut brought me here for? Boom. first opportunity mate Wallaby had me straight in there but yeah. I just had like, yeah yeah it walloped me straight in and I just took off my first game was Exeter away the best goals are always the ones you don't know about corner come in uh, centre half headed it away Jermaine Genius hit what hit one shank just hit me on the shin didn't even know diverted <laughs> passing the goal like get in Go off the mark <laughs> off the mark mate but that was it and just kind of took off I scored 20 goals in the in the season scored two in the playoff and Semi that got us there, and then we was down to ten men at Wembley. Mad, we got absolutely battered, mate. We didn't, we didn't have a shot on goal, shot on target <laughs> until Bobby scored in the 89th minute. I played left wing for the last half an hour because Gary O'Neill got sent off. 
Um, I remember that. I remember that game. Yeah, it was the biggest robbery ever, mate. Well, I we've had Nick Montgomery on the party as well. He said mm. like the playoffs in the championship is the best experience he's he's, he's ever ever had. I've only been in once, but played one one one. Oh, <laughs> cheers! No, oh. no, 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 but no, but I have been. Listen, I've been in the league one playoff final and got beat one nil to Millwall, which is listen. You get in the playoffs of any league, it's brilliant because if you win them, they're great. But the championship one because the goal is the Premier League, mate. You're playing for ninety thousand yeah. at Wembley. You win that game, you go into the thing. We it's. Mate, it's just good night yeah. out or what? That what was the party like that? Two days, two days, mate. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Love it was that. Brilliant, mate. And that was it. And then, then, again, I was like, mate, this is brilliant. What? So go back, right? It's going to sound mental. I'm skipping back and forth, but you understand what I'm saying. Remember when I you asked me when did I think I could make it? Yeah. Now this was like the start. Now I've made to the door. I'm at the door. The Premier League yeah, is open. Now it's my opportunity to. To take it, ain't it? So when you said about reaching to the top, this was my opportunity. Now I was thinking we was linked with every player this one, but Harry had never brought a striker, so he backed me to go and deliver. I was like, right, we played whole first game of the season, and I missed the penalty. Kit Steve Harper saved it, and I was like, fuck. Where'd you go? Nightmare. Where'd you go? With your uh, pin? I copied the same as what I did. Keepers right. I did the same as what I did in the playoff final. I did all the time when I'm going to keep this right. I kind of just do a whip, bendy whip. Yeah, yeah. He saved it. it was crap. And um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was like, what? And, and then the worst thing is I'd do goals on Sunday the next day. Oh. And they were just like, oh. and then next minute, the detail is penalty almost. This is the last place I needed to be. Oh, I mean, it no. kind of just bit went off. And then I scored against Sunderland two games later. Fredknapp gave me full belief. I scored the goal against Southampton, then just took off. And I, before Christmas, I'll tell you when I got, I scored the hat trick against West Brom. We was two down after 20 minutes. And I scored a hat trick. And we won 3-2. And after that game, I thought, this is this is where I want to be. This is me. I feel like I've cemented now. I was the leading English scorer by Christmas. Um, I didn't get called up to England squad in March because Harry Kane was flying at Tottenham also at the same time. Didn't have as many goals, but obviously the credentials that he had behind him for the England setup, it was just, I assume it was a no-brainer. It's not, I finished the season with 18 Premier League goals. I missed two penalties. We got relegated, finished 20th. And the three boys that was in front of me was Sergio Aguero, Har- Sergio Aguero, Diego Costa, Harry Kane. And they oh. play for Chelsea, Chelsea, yeah, Man City wow. and Tottenham. It's unbelievable company so, you're in there. Sure. Jesus. Yeah. So that's when you thought, yeah, I can play a bit. Yeah, yeah but then mad. I said then, but football is like that, mate, because I was linked with every Tom, Dick and Harry in the summer that was going to move. And I never moved. I had, a year left at, I had a year yeah. left at QPR. But, um, I was linked to go to Newcastle. That was that was one. I wanted to go there. That was where I wanted to go. And just could not agree terms. Just they just Steve McLaren wanted me, but the owner just wouldn't push, wouldn't push the deal for. And that kind of be if I look back and one disappointment, I say that I didn't play for Newcastle at the time. No way. For it. Yeah, then I had six months left in the championship and my six months left in the championship with a with QPR and I was like I was probably buying into, and then when the young kids are listening to this, another thing, you never buy into your own hype or get too carried away because it can soon smack you in the face, mate. I've gone from scoring 18 Premier League goals to then playing the championship, think I was the bee's knees. I played okay, I scored 10 goals before Christmas, but it was, I, was, I didn't really want to be there. I didn't, 
I wanted to go. And then I was fortunate enough, Ronald Koeman signed me at Southampton. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that, that's really interesting, though, for for young kids listening as well. You know, you've got you to stay stay grounded, you know. Yeah, you've got to. But I always find you've got to have good people. Listen, I in football, you have, you, you have mates, you have teammates, you have good mates. And you don't always stay in contact. What I'm very fortunate, I've got a small circle outside of football that just tell me the truth. My the boss at home tells me the truth, whether I'm good or not, mate. Even after Saturday, she has no in, she has no problem to telling me whether I was good or not. <laughs> That's so, class. And I think that, but it is important. And I find I think it's it's tough. I don't know how it goes with you guys because you do the coaching. I don't know if you ever have to have to sit down the honest chats with people, but I always find it is better to to be honest. I get understand in men's football as, as such. Like for me, I've been in that background in the UK stuff. So it's I've always just been better if someone's given me a rollicky and I've gone that I haven't shied away from it I'm like I'll show you mate yeah yeah I feel like that type of character is it's gone, fizz- it's, gone. It's, it's actually gone. It's I was going to say fizzling away no, it's, it's, gone, it's actually gone if we if we say that to a kid now but I'm not saying no, no, no mate I'm not saying even young I'm players saying, I'm, yeah, yeah I'm saying younger I'm younger players mm. now I don't want them to shy away like I'm, I'm like come on <laughs> yeah come on. I, like, just, like come and show me show me that's gone hasn't like, it Shane? I don't want, yeah I'm not being sorry I'm not being like a I'm not being an arsehole I'm not being a, a one of bully characters I just want to it's like a rocket I want to give you a rocket to then boom, yeah, yeah. go to the next yeah. bit it's what it's one of them stories that I heard about Alex Ferguson giving Wayne Rooney a bollocking because he could take it and it would lift him but it was like a dig at, a dig at nanny I've, I heard that story somewhere else mm. but Honestly, I think now in the modern game, and especially with young kids and uh, Shane and I as well, we have to be so careful with what we say because it can make or break them. Because I feel like a lot of players now need their arm around them, even at, even in the Premier League, Charlie. You know, oh, 100%. yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. These players need like their arms around them. You can't give them. Are they all, everyone, no. especially now the way the games go, and everybody has different backgrounds, and everybody has mm. different upbringings etc so it all de- it all it generally all depends and it depends on the person you might have a quiet person you might have something goes quiet about the business you might have a loud person it just i don't know it's tough but i always i always found better when if someone give it to me yeah yeah it was it was, it was fine mate yeah mate but, so i just i just want to ask you just listening there charlie um how important do you think like momentum is as a striker? Because every, every time you, every time we've asked you a question about you've gone to a club or you've gone to the next club, you've always said you've you've scored and you've got yourself up and running like pretty. Yeah, quickly. you want to get up, Shane. As a, as a centre forward, you want to get off the duck egg as quickly as possible. Mate. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't give it. I couldn't care how <laughs> it goes in, mate. I couldn't. I generally couldn't care, mate. Like my first goal, first goal at Swindon, scored in my debut, decent, decent finished instinct. Then I went to Burnley. My first, my first goal for Burnley, right, was against Watford. Keith Tracy's shot, it hit defender, hit me in the chest, and went in. I was off and running, like I scored off like machine. But then I obviously scored at Southampton. My debut, my debut header at Old Trafford. Like it's so important for centre forwards to just get off that zero because all Massive. people say is, "Oh, they ain't scored this season." I was, they ain't scored this season. They ain't scored this season. When you get that duck head gong straight away, I think then you do and you can build there. Yeah, then you can yeah. really build. Yeah, that that's a great question. I going back to what you just mentioned then, that I want to talk about Southampton. I remember when I spoke to you in Melbourne, Charlie. Before you left, I said, Who's the best player you've played with? And you said, 
probably Mane or Verge at Southampton. What was it like? Because when, when I'm a massive Liverpool fan, so I was like, holy yeah. shit. Are they the best players you've played with? Yeah. Yeah, Dusan Tadic, you'd have to throw in there as well, mate. Oh my God, what a player. Yeah. What was what was what was that what was like? I was trap. Oh uh, yeah, listen. I caught him at a bad time. Being honest, if we're, if we're honest, I caught him at a bit of a bad time. He's going through ups and downs of his career, but he, he had all the talent, mate. He had yeah. all the talent, and when he had that phenomenal year in the championship, in the prem that was say eighteen months before I come, he he just got I, I think just caught up in the London lifestyle. With all due respect, which is easy yeah. to get sucked in. Yeah, but many of players, the foreign players and English players have. have gone there and got caught up in that because something's going on every night mate so if you ain't it, no it is something's going on every night so if you're not if you hasn't if you're not like that then you, you're not going to be able to do it but yeah Lee going back to your thingy like I said yeah it, Verge it took me probably a year to realise how good he was when Sadio went to Liverpool I thought that was a lot of money 30 minutes listen, wait a minute this is like when 30 million was a lot of money, yeah? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not like what it is now when 30 million is just for anyone. Like Sadio's going for 30 million. I was like, this is a lot of money. Because I only spent six months with him. I thought he was raw. I honestly just thought he was raw. I just did, I didn't really see he turn into, blossom into the player that obviously he has. And he's been world class. And then was I wrong after six months, mate? As soon as he started Liverpool, he was gone. But the big man at the back, mate, was, was different gear. Was just wow. the EU's class, mate. Don't. And not that he doesn't try. It's just that's his mannerisms, I think, yeah. and the way he goes about it. And listen, we was um, we come back. Pellegrini was in charge. The Spaniard come in, and Verge was linked to Liverpool at the time. And fair play to the manager because this takes balls, by the way, because this is the best player at the football club by a mile. This is also a player that is being linked with Liverpool, which is arguably one of the best clubs in in England. He got us all in and went, but Virgil said he don't want to play for the football club no more. He wants to go to Liverpool. Well, he's not going to train with us. So he's going to go and train over there on his own. Day one of pre-season. Wow. And like pushed him over there for six weeks. Let, don't get me wrong. Two days after the transfer window shut after Virgil did win, he was straight back in. <laughs> <laughs> he was straight back in. But he was, ju- he was just, he was brilliant football player, mate. And he still is now. And it's no surprise to me how, how good he is and what he's gone on to do Would- so far. Would you put him in the same bracket as like Rio's, your Vidic, your John Terry's? Do you know what? Yeah, I, and I said this before to someone else. I think it's so hard to compare until they finish, right? Oh, that's a good shout. Just because everyone's like, and everyone says, oh, they need to win these trophies. They need to win these trophies. Now, I played against John Terry. I didn't play against Rio. Rio's my teammate, but I played against JT. He was solid, mate. Was he, yeah? JT didn't get enough, yeah, solid. But he didn't get enough credit for what he did with his feet. I thought he was very good with his feet. Yeah, also. I say that. He could hit, ping a diag with his left foot straight to his feet. Like. Yeah, and um, so, yeah, he's definitely in the conversation for sure, mate. He's definitely, arguably, was it last year, before his injury, mate, he was arguably the best player, best defender in the world. Let's be honest. When Liverpool yeah. won the Champions League against Tottenham, I know Tottenham didn't show up, but I'm just saying, at that time, and when Liverpool went to win the league, he's the best defender in the world. Yeah, it was it was a joke. The only downfall, which I can see a little bit this season, he hasn't got that that Vidic nature in him where he'll throw himself on the ground and block a shot. And like you yeah. said before, that's the way he plays, no? Yeah, yeah, that's that. I guess that's he just. I don't think you'll ever see that from Verge, Lee. I mm. don't think you will. I don't think you'll ever see that from him. 
and then, the, but then they're two. But then, are you going to see Vidic have a touch there and just hit a nonchalant ball out to out to Robertson? You're not, are you? You know, you're not going to. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's they've true. all got their strengths and weaknesses, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. And you know, I just, listen, comparing players, of course, we're, we're always going to do it. That's what it is. But they all were top, top bracket. Wow, well, mate, I, I, I kind of forgot that you played with. Um, I, I, I just forgot that Manny and, and um, Virgil were at Southampton. Yeah, mate, Tadic was there. Tadic, and then obviously Dusan went to Ajax. So Ajax captain. He went run the shirt to burn a bell, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he it's... wanted the ball, mate. He wanted the ball. One man around him, five men around him. Just wow. give it to him. Rate that. Big fan. Yeah, of he, want, he, he wanted the ball. Like, he's like, trust me. Just trust me. Just trust me. I was like, hey, Dusan, you've got two men on you. No, just trust me. I'll give it back to you. That's what he wanted. Ryan Bertram won a Champions League at Chelsea, played left back. Arguably well, best left back I'll play with by country now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah right. Did I got I did want to ask you a question. Did you play with Alana? No, he I played against Adam when I was like at Swindon and stuff, and Southampton was in League One. Ball Adam, like, yeah, phenomenal, mate. But I never played with him. But he was very like he lived in Bournemouth near me back home. Very good. Very good. And you see him, the way he was, mm. he kind of took his game, the way he played the League One, the championship, he took it into the Prem and never really changed if it made, if that makes sense. He didn't go away from what his strength was. He added to his game, of course, but his nuts and bolts of his game was, was still the same. That's like James Paul Prowse, mate. We've gone about, you boys oh. go on about like you want to go in for like the one-on-one stuff and all that. Let me tell you, that boy would practice after training every day, four mannequins, up and over. <laughs> no surprise, he scored 16. Free kicks, hey, mate. I've said Ooh. this, he's the best set piece taker by a, <coughs> by a country mile in the world, and I'll, and I'll, I'll back, mm-hmm. I'll argue with yeah. anyone on that one. Yeah, but yeah, when, he when practiced so much, man. You, he, put that whi- he put that whip in for your uh, uh, Old Trafford. Yeah. What was that like scoring there? Mate, just in football club. Mate, I just signed for the football club the week before. I trained obviously four days, and then I'm going, going. I'm like, oh, traveling on the bench. I'm like, this is mad. And then he just told me to go and warm up, and got the shout back. It was like 83 minutes. And so I come on for Sadio actually, and the first cut of touches kept the ball, and then we I won a free kick in the corner. I was like, right. I remember Paddy McNair was marking me, and Joseph Font was next to me, and Morgan Snyder was there. And I kind of pushed Paddy McNair. And now I'm back behind Joseph Font. We're almost in like a four line. I thought, I've got you. If this is right, I've got you. I kind of ran to the front post and stopped. He's watched the ball. And then I've just darted back. I had a free header six yards out. Yeah, David, was right mate. in the middle. I, was, I, was, I wasn't passing that out. <laughs> it was, do you know what I mean? It was just, it was the, it was the perfect, perfect icebreaker as such relaxation I've gone to a whole new dressing room with arguably superstars yeah. all, all international but we've gone in we'd get in national breaks mate. we have four of us left because obviously we're international footballers you know and it was just the perfect one I scored on my debut at Old Trafford nothing will beat that wow that's, that's brilliant but that's, that's again like I said that's another great start in another club you've just kind of yeah. sprung, springboard straight away that's brilliant yeah I see you um Remix of Charlie. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big racing fan, and um, I know yeah. you. Lo- I know you love your racing. Um, yeah. what, what got you into what got you into horse racing? 
I lived in a place called called Hungerford, which ran a corner to Lambourne, which is like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, a few yeah, jockeys yeah. lived in the town and stuff. My grandpa liked to liked uh, having a bet and stuff like that. And I just I just got into it really. And Newbury is not far from me on the train, it's like two stops. And used to go, and I think just one day I just I thought, oh, I'd love to be in the ring. I'd love to own a racehorse. And then obviously I was fortunate to be in a position that I could, but I'd always like to have a bet. I like to have a pound Yankee or something like that. Yeah, yeah, try yeah. and get one click and just for a bit of fun. But my mate, I've got a couple of mates that are jockeys and stuff. But I just, do you know what? Do you know what it boils down to, Shane? Winning. I just want to win, <laughs> mate. I've had about 10 horses, yeah, man. Ah, I've gone about racing. So I scored a brace on a Monday night against Aston Villa live on Scott. Monday night football, yeah. And my horse won the bumper on a Wednesday at Worcester. <laughs> and I reckon it was on par with the same feeling as what I had, mate. <laughs> 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 That's brilliant. <laughs> What, pro- what price was he when he won? He opened up 10s, one at fours. If we were all collecting. Someone knew something then. Does, doesn't give a fuck about the playoff final as long as his horse wins on a Wednesday. Yeah, mate, that was it. Wednesday at Worcester. Mate. You had a winner in uh, in Maidan, yeah? In another yeah, back mate, one for you in Maidan. So yeah? Yes, I bought him I bought him from from Ireland. He came over, uh, ran for George Scott uh, for me. And he asked, let's go to Dubai. You got to the right. track? No, I never went. We went, he literally come off the plane. And two of my mates, Dan O'Neill and Sam Scott, was going to ride. Then they couldn't because they're retained by Al Mac too. So I was like, right, I need a jockey. Anyway, Connor Beasley said I ride it. So I was like, all right, perfect. Hey, <laughs> bolted up. I was at home and my gaff going absolutely <laughs> mental. I, I, I was watching it today. I watched the back today. Yeah, mate. He, he took me to Turkey, mate. And I bought him as a two year old. Then, the, then later on, I went to Turkey and ran in a race, mate, for 115,000 euros to the winner. We was racing against nobody. We won by six lengths. I was in Turkey and his mate, mate, was running around like a beach track. I was up there like this. <laughs> Proper buzz, uh, Wow, what a, what a sport. What a sport. You love it, don't you, Shano? You go mad for it. I love it. Have you been over here yet, Charlie? No, mate. Do you know what? I just can't get into it, Buzz. No, no, not this, because, this, I just, I just, been, um, I, I think it's because I don't understand it. No, no, trust me, trust me. I, I was the um, was the exact same. It took me a while to warm to it, but then once you once you once you get your head around it and you start to kind of it is very, very good. Like very good, in, yeah. in like in around Randwick and all Randwick's probably the best race course I've been to in the that's world. That's it, yeah. That's that's a Saturday track, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's that's it's Saturday, on the big yeah. days and the sunshine. And I am looking forward to I am looking forward to though, chaps. I am looking forward to the Melbourne Cup, I won't lie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am looking forward to that. Nah, it's, a, it's a it's a good sport good sport to watch good. Charlie honestly I feel like we could we've got so much in common I feel like we could speak for about 50 hours I said this to Shane today in the office I was like mate we've got yeah. like we love golf we love racing we've talked football hey, Shane I yeah it's great did you see my video just a quick one you do not understand how hard I hit that ball at ultra football on that Wednesday mate when I smash in them balls Lee <laughs> with Billy oh my god mate the first I, well, first, sure. I just got the first one mate. Sure, I hit, you I hit the cage the mate no I wasn't too but you know what I, wasn't too, I see them I see Cummins hitting the ball and I thought I'll have to a little stretch here and I hit the first <laughs> I hit the first one right I hit the cage the cage started to wobble then I think I just got excited whack crossbar no, whack cage whack then I just felt like more every time I put the ball down I just felt more and more heads were coming towards the cage <laughs> Honestly, you were just levering it, weren't you? I was cracking yeah, it. <laughs> I, I was in the background. I was like, I'm not sure he's hitting that hard enough. Like, oh, absolutely. Smashing it. 
pants flying everywhere. No, I was, I was saying to Shane in the office day, we could honestly talk about so much stuff because we've got so much in common. But mm. we, um, there's probably loads of things we've missed out. But yeah. we took, we asked them. I do want to ask one quick thing. What was it like working under Harry Redknapp? Because I love Harry Redknapp. Same, brilliant. He's good friends with my grand, my granddad, my dad's dad. So I knew him. I, I knew him, but didn't know him. Like I knew him to say hello if I was with my granddad. But if I wasn't with my granddad, then I wouldn't say hello. If that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, he he was he gave me so much confidence when I come. Listen, I just felt a medical hole, and when he phoned me and told me, "Listen, don't worry about that. We're coming." I was like, oh, okay, look, I will come. And I remember going for a medical at QPR on a Wednesday night, did all the scans. And then on the Thursday morning, I'm in the, in the hospital again, doing the other stuff with a doc and the phone rings. And it was the gaffer and he said, and the doc said to me, Charlie, it's manager, do you want to wear number nine? And I was like, yeah, if I get through this. Because obviously I failed a medical, so I was nervous. Anyway, he put the phone down and said, well, this, that's the end of this medical then. And that was it, it was done. He just gave me belief straight away and, and backed me. And I think, he did that as soon as I come through in the door. And then when we got to, to the Premier League, for him to not bring another striker in and, and, and back me like that, that made me grow in confidence that he's yeah, he's backing me here and it kind of went from there. No, I really enjoyed playing. I played good football under Harry. Yeah. He, I, oh, I'd love to talk about it all day. But um, we talked to social media, uh, Charlie. I've seen yeah. as well, absolutely letting you gave it a retweet on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gone mad on Twitter lately. I've always been a big, big person on Twitter, but I've I've noticed that for Jonah Football, it's quite a good platform as well if you chuck some knowledge yeah. out there. But um, Twitter's a mad spotter. Twitter's uh, yeah. full of nutshells. Yeah, like you, you've it's got to listen. With the social, yeah, the social, it's pure thick skin, man. No. You boom, you got to be thick skin for that. Just chuck it on. Replies non-existent about the views <laughs> and what's coming on. Just do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what it. That, that it is. It is. That's what it is. Sometimes you, you can you laugh or you cry, mate. If you didn't have thick skin in this game, you'd be. Yeah, I we no say that, don't we, Shane? It, I used to see a lot of old the old players, old pros saying like, "Thank God social media wasn't <laughs> wasn't around yeah, when yeah, they were playing." Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, that that is it. And and like you say, it's like anything. We go back to anything. Technology is taking over. Whether it's social media, whether it's the GPS, that's what's going on. Yeah, you've got to adapt over, to it, so. haven't you? Yeah, mate. Um, yeah. So to finish your podcast, we do like some quick fire questions and some questions from like I say your fans. If if so, yeah. Mate, they, I put one on my Jonah Insta and they were absolutely flooding in. So I, I picked some of the best ones and I looked on Twitter as well. Yeah. You've you've got them there as well, Shane, some of them there from this morning. But I've yeah. got one here from Chris Payton on Twitter. He's put, was he ever close to a move to Scotland, Celtic or Rangers? It was reported here, but I'd be interested to know how true that was. I was close to moving to Celtic. Neil Lennon was in charge. I was at Burnley at the time. But it was a domino effect. Hooper had to go to Norwich, then I was going to Celtic. Wow, Celtic so that was a that huge was, club, no? Yeah, and I was only at Burnley at the time. I think it was twenty-two. I think we just had our just had Ava Bella at the time, and it was like, what's going on here? And I didn't realise what was going on really. I got home from training, put Sky Sports on, like to do when it's transfer window, don't you? Time next to it says me like running up the pitch in the Burnley kit. Then it goes to Neil Lennon. I was like, hey, but yeah, wow. it was just that was how close it was. It was just like the domino. The domino really effect, but other than yeah. that, mate, no. Wow, well, that's interesting. I, I'm a, I, I like Celtic. If I'm going to go for a Scottish team, huge, huge club. Um, this one's from from Z on Twitter. He's put, 
Which player has impressed you the most at the Raw? Kaitra. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Talent. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a chance. Really? He's got a chance. He's very versatile. He can play at many positions for me. Let's say he can play at the back. He can play at the play fullback. As you see, he played six the other day. Yeah, he's got he's got a chance. But what he what he does want to do, mate, he'll give you hundred percent every day. He's hundred percent, mate. And you'd have you get a team of hundred percenters in there. Yeah, you're not going wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love this question, by the way, from Andy on Twitter. He spoke, if he could have played with one footballer from prior to Charlie starting his career, who would it be and why? Ooh. You know how you get, like, a lot of them players, Charlie, that slip under the cracks that are worldy and they just, yeah. like, didn't get their chance? It's hard, oh, that's, a, Sometimes. that's a tough one. So before I played, someone, I've, someone obviously I've, I've yeah. watched... Mate, uh, do you know what? Nah, that's that's not that's not a hard one, mate. Go the on. Brazilian Ronaldo, mate, <laughs> was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're spot on there, hundred percent. He is the best centre forward there has ever been. Period. I'm gutted he got all them injuries, me. Mate, they used to have to double 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 step over, man. What about it? What about every time he was one on one with a keeper? Is a guarantee he was going round him as well? Yeah, just take the piss. Just take one the piss. Step over to, yeah, like even them clips. He's very uh, the best. Obviously, he's loads of clips. There's that clip with Sir Bobby Robson, isn't there? Which at Barcelona, when you just see him walking off with his hands on his head because he just done like a pirouette on the halfway line, run through and, and scored. Yeah, for me. Brazilian Ronaldo, mate. Yeah. And they call him Fat Ronaldo. they got no respect nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Quick fire questions, right? But they're never quick yeah. fire because sometimes you have like a good story that goes with it. So we'll we'll finish with this. I love it as well. I absolutely love it. It's been ah, it's been an amazing podcast. I honestly go for like five hours, but we'll fly through it. All right, Charlie? All right, mate. You ready? Uh, yeah. be- best player you've played with. You can only pick one. Virgil. Best player you've played against? Oh, mate. I've played against Yaya Torre, Eden Hazard, oh, Cesc Fab... Oh, mate, come on, mate. What do you want me to do here? Yeah, yeah, Torre. Oh, yeah, best Yeah, yeah, actually, you did say Yaya Torre. What was he like? Oh, monster, mate. <laughs> monster. I'd, I'd have to say Hazard, mate. That year they played, like, he was... Yeah, Eden Hazard. Wow. Um, best ground you've played at? Anfield. Oh, I don't that. say that. Yeah, but it, no, I know, but... Are you saying for atmosphere? Are you saying for atmosphere? There? Best atmosphere. I love playing at Anfield just for the iconic stadium. It was an amazing. It had an awe in there. And that that's when they sing you never walk alone, yeah. regardless who you are, like made the hairs and back in next stand up, it really did. Have you ever played um, have you ever yeah. played in Leeds? Played against Leeds? Yeah, against Leeds, mate. We got kids by the weekend. I gave him the runaround twice, bit him 3-0 home, 3 0 away. <laughs> <laughs> don't think I ain't telling him that this weekend. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, you crap me up, man. <laughs> oh my god As, uh, you played at Anfield man. that's my dream um, so the next one most hostile ground you've ever played at 
Everton. Oh. Tight, mate. That was before they changed the, the dugout. The tunnel now is down in the bottom corner, and it we used to walk out the middle of the pitch. That was touch tight, and they felt like they was on top of your Everton. Wow. Yeah. Um, your best moment as a footballer? I scored a Premier League hat trick, mate. Should we just end the podcast on <laughs> that, Chef? Yeah, we leave. Yeah. No, I've, yeah, I said, I've scored I've a hat trick on FIFA. League. Yeah, I think I scored a Premier League hat trick. I think, listen, the Man United one was phenomenal. Of course, it was on my debut. It was great to get the start, but not many can say they scored a Premier League hat trick. Oh, got the yellow ball. What to do with the ball? What to do with the ball? Well, mate, if I told you, you'd be disgusted, mate. No, what? The boy, she's the, the boy. No, 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 no. The ball's at home back in the UK. Yeah, oh. but my, I remember telling the boys, Red Nathan, when we used to have breakfast, I was with Red, Nathan Redmond, Jack Stevens, and Brian Birch, and that was like the four of us at Saints. And um, they was like, Chad, what, what do you do your hat trick for? So I was like, oh, well, I've got a couple from like Burnley. They're like in the case. But I said, the Prem one's just in the office on the floor, a bit deflated. They're like, what? <laughs> what? It's not like in the bar. I was like, no, 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 I'll send you a picture later. Mate, just it's just in the office, like on the on the floor under the desk. Nah, no, <laughs> no, you can't be sitting on the fireplace there. Oh, yeah. Come on, Charlie, lad. that's got to be <laughs> underneath know, the poor, TV. I know, know. I know. Oh, you Shane? I reckon Charlie, you know, will answer this, but let's see. Go on. A, a player that you thought is stealing yeah. a living. No, I can't answer that. <laughs> I knew it. I Everybody swore of that. There's a lot. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of them, though, Charlie. Like, how have you got? <laughs> They're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're everywhere Full of them. Man, there's plenty. There's Love. plenty. There's plenty. I think. <sighs> no, I can't say. Yeah, no. I know what the answer to this is because you've already mentioned it a few times. Night, night out with the lads or night in with the missus. <laughs> Will she listen to this or not? No, I don't, it depends if you clip this part. <laughs> um, no, do you know what? Yeah, as I'm older, I'm no good with hangovers, mate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hear I'll, that. I'll, 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 I'll yeah. rather have like a, after the, like after the game, MacArthur, right? <laughs> Play the game, don't we, the weekend? On the, just for, I said, what are we having for food in that? She's like, oh, you choose. So I was like, right, we'll get the so let's get a Chinese. That's my go-to. I thought we'll get Chinese. She's like, all right, pick up a bottle of wine on the way. I said, I've got to have a gallon of water before. I didn't even have a bevy after the game. Changed. I felt done in, mate. I felt done in. But hangovers hang about for like two days for me now. Yeah. Beforehand, it was like, oh, just brush it off by Monday, you're sweet. By Tuesday, I'm still... <laughs> hey, Charlie, can you explain to Shane, who hasn't got kids yet, how hard a hangover is with kids? Oh, they know. Wanna... Oh, they know. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's so it's a wor- one of the worst things I've ever experienced. Oh, like... the old oh, oh, Shane, they know, mate. Yeah, they yeah. know, and when you're suffering, they want to play up even more. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a good one. Best pair of boots you've ever had. All right, I'm going way back now. When remember when I said she was playing like 15s? Um, so I told, say two pairs. When I was like when I was 15, six to play men's football. I had the Torres, I had the Torres uh, silver and gold ones. T90s? Yeah, yeah. T90s, yeah. But then I used to, then I wore, when I went through a stage at Burnley, I scored 20 goals in about 17 games. I had these Nike Vapor seaweed boots, mate. (laughs) Mate, they were phenomenal, mate. (laughs) Seaweed seaweed boots, isn't it? They were phenomenal, (laughs) mate. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was just the colour. You were walking though. Was, you know, love it. You love that type of stuff. Was, that was it, mate. That <laughs> was it. Mate. Yeah. 
I've got something that I just actually I'm going to do it now because I'm going to forget. Any danger if you score in the A League? If I give you a little um, little celebration request or or what? I reckon yeah. you've got it. I give give me time. I'll give you one. Have you got it in your locker or not? Yeah, but don't make me start dancing or anything like Wally. No, Bay. no, because I know you love like the Cantona. You you give it the Cantona, didn't you? Sydney United. Yeah. Oi, leave it with me. I, I'd love it if you bagged one in the A League and did a little little Jonah oh, tribute. I'll do one. Yeah, love that. Leave it with me. I'll I won't. I won't embarrass you. Uh, I'll best, do it. best goal you've ever scored. Oh, it has to be Southampton one because I would never be able to recreate it because it was pure instinct. Um, Eduardo Vargas got it just inside the box for QPR and kind of just puts it into an area and I've got back to goal. It comes across me at the front. I just put my right foot up and control it. And as I do, I swivel with the left and wallop and bang it in pure instinct never be able to recreate that again mate sorry you've mentioned that a few times like pure instinct why why do you think that is not coachable because you just have it or you ain't you reckon I just think some players are different you just have it you just have the the knack of being in the right place at the right time and just where the ball is going to bounce why are you shooting from there for well don't shoot don't score don't buy a ticket you don't win just think yeah. the goal scorers. The goal scorers are the most selfish people on the pitch. That's that's why they paid the most money. Yeah, right. That's a good answer as well. Um, I like these like these two questions. Best best piece of advice you've ever got during your career. Uh, at a young age, my dad used to always say to me, every time we go across a white line, play to your best of bit play, play to the best of your ability. You just don't know who's watching. Yeah. You just don't know who's watching. And that kind of played in that three week, three, four year window that I had when I'd left left red in the such. I think oh, dad, who's gonna come watch us playing that like here, dog and duck kind of thing. And yeah, truth be old, someone did. Um as I got older, the control of the controllables. Ooh. Don't worry about everyone, don't worry, not don't worry about everyone else, but make sure your bits in, in order. I know you control what you can control. Don't worry about what's going on with everything else. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah, really brilliant. good advice. That's brilliant. I remember just going back to I remember playing at, um when I was at Wrexham Shane and I was playing right back and I'm trying to like chat with the with the left winger. And I and I was a young kid, I was like 17, 18, just uh, playing in the resis, and one of the experienced center house was like, What the fuck are you doing? Like focus. What are you about? Yeah. What are you like? Focus on the players in and around your position. Don't worry about left winger, mate. He's he's all the way over there. Like, just focus on what you can do. And I, and that really stuck with me as well, because yeah. like, I thought talking was a big part of the game, which it is. But I'm trying to like scream instructions at left winger. He's like, nah, what are you doing? And I remember yeah. learning from that day. Yeah, he's right. I can't control what he can do. I need to be just make sure my game's in check. You know. Yeah, they easily um, control the controllables. Yeah. Um, your best mate in football. Two, I've got two. Jack Stevens, who's currently on loan at Bournemouth. Yeah. And Marvin Bartley, who is the first team coach at Livingston. All right. Love that. Yeah. Marvin was, he, we moved to Burnley together at the same time and we roommates and lived in the hotel for two months like together. So we stay in touch now and he's probably one of my closest. And then at the moment, like as in that, not as in at the moment, but the most current one that I struck up a very good relationship was Lyndon Dykes. 
that actually yeah, right. set up for it at QBR, yeah. I yeah. always say in football, you meet so many people, don't you, Charlie? Nah, you yeah. so John Paul McGovern gave me the best advice, mate. I remember leaving Swindon to go to Burnley. I said, I'll be in touch, man. He said, you won't. Football just moves too fast. <laughs> but he wasn't being like, he just said, look, football moves too fast and you meet so many people. Oh, mate, the best thing I've done since I've come over here, I've got this Aussie phone. I don't even pick up my English phone, mate. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you just you meet so many people in football and, it, and listen there's you meet genuine people and you meet social people that want to climb and you meet all this kind of stuff ultimately a lot of people are just out for themselves mate yeah you're dead right yeah spot uh, on again Shaz love this one who's the funniest player you've come across in your career Victor Wanyama no mate mate I know he was so funny mate Kenyan, big Kenyan centre midfielder, big Vic. I I used to get changed next to him every day, mate, at Saints when I first went there. But the six months, you make me laugh so much every day. You do all these Kenyan dances and all that. <laughs> mate, I don't know, just something about him. Because you because you kind of, I don't know, you just didn't expect it. He was just the one that made me just chuckle. Funny. I read day, that. Yeah. yeah. I would almost say, Charlie, um, who's the most famous person you've got in your phone book or both phone books at this, this rate? Well, the Aussie one, I've got no one really. I've got no one in there, mate. Jonah Football, sure. I've got you. I've got you in there, mate. You're the most <laughs> famous one in there. I've got no one at. Uh... Probably be a bit a big one of the big managers now, like Harry Redknapp or something. Have you got Harry? Somewhere? Yeah, I've got Harry in. There. I've got Harry next. We speak racing. John Terry, Wazza, oh, Sir Tony McCoy, Wazza. Oh wow! Yeah, we went on. Yeah, yeah, no, AP lives on a corner, lives around the corner for me back home. Yeah, so we went. I went on holiday one. It's I think back to 2017 or something like that, and to Barbados with the missus and the kids. And he was there with his with his wife and the kids. We went and played golf and that. He was brilliant. But he was in the England squad with me when I went there. He was his captain. He was brilliant for me. Introduced me to everyone. But when we went away on holiday, we just went and played golf. Left the girls to it. Went and played golf. Got, got on the beers, brilliant, mate. He <laughs> no. was top, but he was top. Yeah, he was top. My dad, my dad come with me like on holiday, my dad, mum and dad. And he sat and spoke to my dad like he was just a, oh, my just a normal picture. He was just, the shackles were off with him. He just spoke. He felt so comfortable. And that's brilliant. Top, top fella. That's cool. Wow. That's class. Charlie, listen. I, I honestly, Shane, I think we could easily do a part two, man. It just, I don't know. I knew this podcast was going to be class. Yeah, I'll leave it with you, mate. I'll leave it with you. You let me know. We're, oh, I'll do that. Actually, I'll, I'll leave it to the fans. Do we want a part two? Maybe, I, maybe what we'll do is if, if obviously, depend on um, Charlie's um, schedule and stuff, but at no, the end of the season, got an idea. grab Charlie again for an hour and we just chat again. Yeah. No, I've got yeah. an idea because, like, sitting down like this sometimes can get a bit, oh. Because you love golf, right? I think we should, whenever, you, if you get any time or we, we get spare I want to do, I said to you, didn't I? I want to do, I think we're going to get a window, depending on the time. If the dates work, because I said I'd come up, I said I'd come and do something, didn't I? Yeah, I'd oh, love yeah. I'd love to do a training session with you. But yeah, I said I, I'd do it. If I'll get the time, depending on the dates, depending on the dates, what we get off for the World Cup, and depending if they meet with you, we'll sort something out. Yeah, I, how good it be, go for a little game of golf? And just, uh, I don't know, just play golf and fuck the cameras off, or yeah, play, play, we'll play sort something out. Play golf, yeah, mic up, and do a little part two whilst we're playing golf. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bat you. I'll bat you. What do you play off? Because we ain't didn't get to that at the start. Nah, 
Mate, What's your handicap? I'm, I'm being, I'm gonna be honest, Charlie. Lee's a serious, serious golfer. He, I, I think what he's like plus one. He's plus one maybe. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm, yeah. I'm off about eight at the moment. Yeah, see, I'm ten. That's good going, Lee. Right, my my mate back home is plus two, and I love playing with him because when you play, I think it's like with anything in sport. When you play with someone, and that's that's good at that, and everyone knows how hard golf is. Like it's fucking great to no. watch. Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, Charlie, no band, and not not like not not blowing yeah. smoke, Lee. But we played last week. Lee hasn't picked up the bag. The bag's there. He hasn't picked up his bag for two months, and he we went out and we played. We played last Tuesday, yeah. and he was like five under or something. Like, true. yeah, mate, they make it look so and, easy, mate. It's bullshit. <laughs> no. I, I no, think, right. I think golf, right, is the way you speak about football. Like, you've either like, I don't know, I just picked up a club and I could hit it straight away Lovely. when I was when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, and my dad used to say to me, like Lee, you just could uh, a pro used to say to my dad when I was like nine, I just picked up this fucking wooden thing. This old wooden driver and started launching it on the driving range, and he said to my yeah. dad, "He can be a professional golfer." And my dad was like, "Nah, my my dad really wanted me to play football." He's like, "Nah, nah, I want to yeah. play football." But I just I don't know. Just pick up a golf club and I can hit it. But yeah, I, I'd love to have a game like it'd be class. Nah, we'll, play. we'll play. Yeah, we'll let's play, lock mate. that. We'll in, do we'll some. Do we'll do something. We'll do it. But listen, I'll leave that up to you. But honestly, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to both of you. All right, wish you all nah, the best. It's been class. And um, I will look out for your stuff on there. I do have a good stuff, mate. Got some good, like I said, some good kids on there, mate. And the boys and the girls, mate. Honestly, good. some good stuff going on there. But nice. well, but one question. Go on. Go on. <laughs> one question. Who sometimes when you are doing shooting, the majority of the time, who do you have in goal? <laughs> it's got to be Cliff, isn't it? Oh my lord! Sometimes <laughs> it goes in right, and I think, oh, "What is he all right there or something?" <laughs> if Jonah told him not to die for this one, I'm going to try and whip this. I'm just going to whip this one if it's close to your body. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Just let it go past you, then dive. <laughs> I've seen bro, plenty of them, mate. Bro, I'm, I'm actually crying laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? I'm like, come to, don't me wrong. Some of them are bangers, mate. That fly in there, and others, I'm like, what's he on this goalie, mate? I know. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just, it's just young kids that come down. Do you know what I mean? We can't get anyone. And do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, but I'll fair play uh, to them. Sometimes uh, I'll yeah. think, oh my God, what's going on here? Yeah, but yeah. I did, what did I like the other day that I see? The last, last one before I shoot. Um, the reverse finish. Let me tell you, it works so much. Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, I post it on Twitter. When you, got in your, yeah, when you get in your left side pocket when you come in, just you look to go down. <laughs> Harry Kane, man. Just way. Yeah, the, the goal. Remember his goal against... Uh, Chelsea from about 30 yards out or something when he mm. rode the first challenge didn't he then just smash it but keepers no, move don't they keepers move yeah always yeah always but listen chats take care you're right? a legend Charlie now nah, honestly man. all the best in your season Charlie yeah, go yeah. smash Cheers, it 100% nice. brother you. honestly you you in. proper legend thanks very much thanks, Charlie boys. for your time no worries take no care, worries mate, mate. No take worries, care, mate. speak to you soon I'll take care all the best Yes, guys, I always forget to put this at the end, but if you can rate our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, it would be much appreciated. And if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's completely free. Charlie Austin podcast, unbelievable. I loved it. What a genuine guy. Wears his heart on his sleeve, says what's on his mind, and that's what makes a great podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Thanks again for your time, Charlie. And I definitely think we're going to do a part two on a golf course. I'll batter you and Shane. Thanks so much for the support, guys. Love you all. Peace. See you on the next episode.